0: This past month or so, Miss Vicki and I have been praying and asking God that he would give us as a church a scripture, a promise in advance, if you will, an advance promise for the coming year. And uh, we do that every single year, and we ask God, God, what do you want to say to us this year? Now, the Bible's full of promises, but we just lack specific direction. And so over the last month, we've prayed, and I'm going to share with you this morning what I feel like God has given us as a church. All right? The verse I'm going to share this morning is in the New Testament twice. It's in the story with Gabriel and Mary, and then it's in the story that I'm going to share with you here this morning where Jesus tells his disciples. And so Jesus has an encounter with a young rich man. The Bible calls him the rich young ruler. And now remember, Jesus is Jewish, okay? The rich young ruler is Jewish. There's no Christianity as we know it yet. Does that make sense to you? Jesus has not died on the cross. He's not risen from the dead. There's no new covenant. So they're talking as Jewish men within the Jewish covenant and the law. Then this young man comes up to Jesus and he says, hey, he says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you need to keep the commandments. And he says, well, what commandments? And he tells him a list of the commandments. You know, don't lie, don't steal, don't murder. He tells him the commandments, and he shares with him. And then he says to Jesus, hey, I've been doing that since I was young. I've been doing that since my youth. And then Jesus says, well, if you want to be perfect, then sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And we know how the story ends. It says he's sad because he has great possessions, And he leaves and he doesn't do, he doesn't take Jesus up on his offer. Now, I believe that he missed out on the greatest opportunity that anybody would be given. Now, I know some of you in here fly occasionally. Some of you may fly more than occasionally. Uh, but think about flying Southwest and, you know, you fly into Dallas and, you know, you have another flight to connect somewhere else and you get out and you're in the airport and you're in that concourse area. And you know how there's restaurants and stores and coffee shops. And so you decide, hey, I've got a few minutes. I'm going to walk down and get me a coffee or get me a cookie. And so you're walking down this area. You know how people are coming and going. And as you're walking, you look up and you notice coming towards you is Elon Musk. And he's by himself, and he doesn't have an entourage around him. He doesn't have bodyguards around him, and he's walking towards you. And you're actually going to pass shoulder to shoulder. And so when he kind of gets right to you, you just kind of stop and say, hey, excuse me, uh, Mr. Musk. You introduce yourself, and you say, hey, man, wow, it, it's so great to meet you. It's so it, This is crazy. And and then he says, hi, and how are you? And, and then you say, hey, Man, you know, you've got a car company, you, you, you fly rockets, you're doing all this crazy stuff, you're, you're worth billions of dollars, could you just please give me a, maybe just a tip or two for my life of maybe some things that you're doing that, that, that have helped you be successful? Could you give me a thought or maybe just a tip or, of what I could be doing? And he says, hey, he says, we've got this intern program going, and you look like you'd be a perfect candidate for it. So here's what I'd like for you to do. Why don't you go home, quit your job, quit school, sell your house, give everything you have away, and then move to where I'm at, and I'm going to put you in my intern program, and I'm going to mentor you over the next two or three years. And you kind of take a step back. Well, I, I, I just wanted to tip, man. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I just wanted you to give me a thought or an idea. I mean yeah, I mean I like my job, I like my house, I like my car. Uh, I, I don't think I can do that. Now, of course, Elon Musk, and you may not like Elon Musk. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is he's successful, and in the world's eyes, he's doing amazing things. But you decide you don't want to go with him and follow him. That's exactly what the rich young ruler did. But he wasn't dealing with Elon Musk. He was dealing with God. He was dealing with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord in the flesh. And he decided, I don't want to take you up on your deal. Now, here's what's interesting. Peter did. Right? Matthew did, Mark did. When he got to those men, he said, "Hey, I want you to give up everything you have and I want you to come and follow me." They said, "Let's go." And so they left everything they had and they followed him. He missed an opportunity to walk with the living God. And don't you think that would have changed his life? Now, Jesus then turns to his disciples. They're right there. See, there's one guy who says no, then there's this group of guys who say yes, and I want to start reading to you what he says to them. Then Jesus said to the disciples, they're right there with him. They've seen this exchange. Truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. Now, that's a strong word. They're dumbfounded. What? I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? They're greatly astonished, and they asked, who then can be saved? Now, let's stop right there, and let me show you something. In that time during the Jewish culture, if you were wealthy, people assumed you were close to God. If you had a great business or you had a pretty fat bank account or if you had a beautiful home, people would look at you and think, well, that person must be close to God because they're doing so good. They're so blessed. They're so well off. And so Jews would assume that when they looked at somebody, especially somebody that had more than they did. And so when Jesus says, hey guys, it's harder for a rich person to get through the, a camel through the eye of a needle, which basically means it's impossible, they were astonished. And the reason they're astonished is because, Lord, we thought wealthy people were really close to you. And if they're not going to make it, how in the world are we going to get in? Listen to what he says. Jesus looked at them and he said, with man... This is impossible. Now, don't miss this. If you think you can approach God in your own merit, with your own ability, man, it's 2023. I'm turning over a new leaf, man. I'm, I, man, I am going to be good this year. I'm going to behave. I'm not going to cuss. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to look at any girl that's not my wife. I mean, I, man, I'm really going to lock it down this year. You'll make it about five minutes. Right? You'll make it about five minutes. The devil will send ten pretty girls by you before ten o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And you and you'll be done. Okay. Jesus says, if you think that you can be right with God in your own power and your own ability, it's absolutely impossible. And then he says this statement but with God all things are possible that's the promise that God has given us as a church for the next year. With God, all things are possible. Listen to me. Whatever you're facing in 2023, God is giving us this promise that as you look into your future, as you look at what you've got going on, God is saying, with me, all things are possible. I believe with all my heart that 2023 is going to be your year for miracles. You're going to see miracles happen in your family. You're going to see miracles happen in your finances. You're going to see miracles happen in your health because God says, with everything that I do, nothing is impossible. Now, let's look at the first two words, with God. Now, I want to show you something amazing about this statement. Of course, All right, let's clear it up doctrinally, okay? Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Never leave you or forsake you. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, the Bible says he dwells in our hearts by faith. If you know Jesus Christ as your savior this morning, he is alive and well in your heart. And he promised he'd never leave you or he'd never forsake you. You get up and you feel like, man, I just feel so far from God. I wonder if God has left me. No, he has not left you. He's always left always with you, whether you feel it or not. You know, I joke about this and I've said this many times and probably you don't even, you kind of don't even think it's funny anymore. But if I went in in the morning and told my little wife, honey, I don't feel married this morning. I'm really struggling and I don't feel married this morning and I'm just going to have to go out and just decide if I'm married or not. She'd get out that 10 inch cast iron frying pan, wouldn't she? And when she got done with me, I'd go away thinking, man, I know I'm married. Amen. All right. Jesus is the same way. He's with you whether you feel it or not. Okay. The Bible says that God is omnipresent. And what that means is he's everywhere. So you can't go anywhere that God is not there. Okay. That being said, I want to take a few moments with the time I have left. And I want you to look at your own heart and I want you to think about if you have been with God. Now, let me explain to you what I mean. I don't want to confuse you, and I don't want to trip you up, okay? Are you walking in God's direction in your life? Are you walking in His direction? Let me explain to you what I mean by that. The promise says with God. Okay, it doesn't say without God. Hey, I'm out here doing my own thing, living my own life, making my own decisions, and I'm not, I'm not worried about what God's doing. Okay, you can't be that person and then claim the, oh, God's the God of the impossible. No, it's with God all things are possible. So I'm making an effort to walk with God. I'm making an effort to walk in his direction. Now, now what do you mean, Pastor? All right, every one of you can remember a time in your life, if you're older, You know, if you're an adult, even if you're a teenager, you can remember a time in your life where you were not walking in God's direction. You know it. I can think clear as day in my life. There was a time in my life I was young. I I was under 21, but I was not walking in God's direction. And then I had an encounter with God, and at that moment, I began to walk in his direction. When you got up this morning and you made the decision you were going to be in church, you got ready, you got your family ready, you got yourself ready, and you drove over here this morning, you know what happened when you did that? You're walking in God's direction. Okay. You're not walking in your own direction. You're not doing your own thing. You're not doing something else. You are walking in his direction. Hey God, I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to spend time with brothers and sisters. I want to be with people who want to be married. I want to be with people who love God. I want to be with people who care about the things of God. I want to be with people who want to do what's right. And you came over here and you spent time in God's presence. You spent time in prayer. You spent time in worship. And when you do that, every time you do it you're walking in God's direction now let's talk about the Bible every time you decide to read your Bible and I've said this the last two years many times you don't have to read your Bible all day but you ought to read it every day you ought to take a few minutes every day and read the Bible Whatever that looks like for you. If it's a paper Bible, if it's the U Version Bible app, whatever's easiest for you, whatever's best for you. I just read online this week that the most popular Bible in the world is the NIV Bible. And that's a great Bible, and it's an easy Bible to read. So is the New Living Translation. What's the best Bible for me, Pastor? The one you'll read. The one you read is the best one that you, that the best Bible for you. I like the New King James Bible, but you may like something else. Listen, every time you open the Bible, every time you open the phone app, every time you look at it on your computer, you know what you're doing? You're walking in God's direction. When you come to church, you're walking in God's direction. When you read the Bible, you're walking in God's direction. Now, let me tell you something about the Bible. It's God-breathed, it's alive, it's supernatural, it's not just a book, it's not just paper and words, God himself breathed it, he filled it with his life, with his wisdom, with his presence, and every time you read the Bible, it touches you, it ministers to you, and it will change you. It'll change your mind, it'll change your health, it'll give you peace, it'll give you hope, it'll change your marriage, it'll change you as a parent, it will transform your life. Without God's Word, it's really difficult to be a Christian, and you're certainly not a growing Christian. I'm talking to you this morning about walking in God's direction. Hey, God, I want to walk in your direction. I want to walk where you're going in 2023. Okay, read your Bible. Just read it a few minutes every day. Kurt made this statement just a few weeks ago. If you want to hear God, read your Bible out loud. It's that simple, and it's that powerful. You just make that simple choice. Now, listen, you're going to miss. I know that. I'm, it's not a contest, okay? I'm on the UVersion Bible app, and every time you read it, it counts how many times you've done it, and I do not like that. I don't like it. I just don't. I don't like it because then it turns into this thing where, you know, then you miss a day and then you're back to zero. And it's like I had read the Bible 782 days in a row, and now I'm at zero. And I'm going to throw my iPad into the wall. Okay, that's not encouraging, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about you making a decision. Hey, God, in 2023, I want to walk in your direction Have you ever been in a room filled with people and somebody across the room gets your attention and you don't look at anybody else? You don't follow anybody else. You just begin to make your way through the crowd and you walk in that person's direction. That's what I'm asking you to do this morning with God. God, in 2023, you promised me with you all things are possible. Now listen to me very carefully. When things happen this year, and you have troubles, and you have heartaches, and we all do, here's what I do not want you to do. I don't want you to think, oh, oh my gosh, this is happening to me because I must not be with God, and and, and I must have turned, and, and I went to the left, and he went to the right, and I'm not with God. No, no. Listen to me. That's not the heart of God. God does not want to trick you He does not want to trip you up. He doesn't want to confuse you. Listen, that's not the heart of God. And I'm not trying to set this up where we're going to put a mark on the wall and you have to jump and try to reach that mark. That's not what this is. All I'm talking about is you decide, hey, God, I want to walk in your direction. Hey, God, every time I go to church, I know I'm walking in your direction. Hey, God, every time I read the Word of God, I know that I'm walking in your direction and I'm becoming more like you. Let's talk about prayer. Now, we know what's prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is simply taking your needs to God. Listen, when you don't pray, for whatever reason you don't pray, what you're telling God is, God, I don't need you. I don't need your help. I don't need your input. I can do this on my own. It's called self. Listen, a step into self-sufficiency is a step away from God. Don't miss that. Okay, a step into self-sufficiency. Listen, we live in West Texas, folks. We're Texans. We're self-sufficient. We pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps. I mean, we can ride a horse and shoot a buffalo and skin it with the other hand. I mean, right? There's nothing we can't do. Man, we build bills and businesses and we, we drill oil wells and we fight fires. And there's nothing we can't do. And, and I like that. I'm not against that at all. But you need God. And so you don't want to drift into that place where you feel like, hey, I've got this, God, because it's a step away from Him. What you want to make sure that you're doing is that you're walking in His direction. Every time you pray, you decide to walk in God's direction. Now, again, you don't have to pray all day. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm a preacher, and I don't pray all day. But you do need to pray every day. I'm amazed at the couples who are married, and they don't pray for each other. Gentlemen, if you have a wife, can I encourage you, you should lift her in prayer every single day. I think you should pray for your wife first thing before you pray for anybody else. You ought to pray for your wife. Ladies, if you have a husband, you need to be praying for your husband. God, give him strength. Give him wisdom. Father, help him to lead our home. Help him to be the man of God that he's supposed to be. Pray for each other. Listen, your husband needs prayer. Your wife needs prayer. Of course, pray for your children. Of course, pray for your grandchildren. Of course, pray for your granny. Right? If you got a mom and dad on this earth, pray for them. I'm not leaving any of those people out. But if you're married, you ought to start with your mate and then pray for your family. Some of y'all's lists are, man, you know, you know, right? I mean, Jonathan Diaz's list is from here to the ground. I mean, there's a bunch of folks on that list, right? Y'all got some big lists. You know what happens every time you pray? You walk in God's direction. Hey, God, I'm going to be in your house. You're walking in God's direction. Hey, God, I want to read your word. Hey, you're going to walk in God's direction. Hey, God, I want to pray. You're walking in God's direction. Listen, you cannot desire anything you don't consume. Caleb sitting right here on the front row a couple of weeks ago might not have even been that long. We went to Olton, Texas, and ate barbecue. What's the name of that place? Ranios. It should be named Heaven. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so good, wasn't it? Oh, we ate barbecue. It's so delicious. Oh my gosh. Well, yesterday Miss Vicky and I are in Plainview, and uh, we were running some errands. And she said, "Hey, where do you want to go eat?" And she named off all these terrible places in Plainview. And, and 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 I want to go where she wants to go, don't get me wrong. And then she kind of took a breath, and I said, hey, you don't want to go to Alton, do you? And she said, all right, if you need to go to Alton. So, man, we went to Alton again yesterday. We man, we were there yesterday, you know, and, and I might go this next week, Mike, I'll call you. I mean, man, oh, my gosh. Now, do, do you know why I know that's good? Because I've had it. See, if you hadn't been there, you don't know what I'm talking about. Listen, you don't enjoy what you haven't consumed. Now, don't miss this. This is really powerful. Okay, you may say, Pastor, man, you know, when I read the Bible, I I just, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't feel like anything changes in my life. Can I encourage you? As you begin to read God's Word, as you begin to pray, you'll begin to enjoy it more and more, and more, and you will develop an appetite for the things of God. You'll develop an appetite for the Word of God. You'll develop an appetite for prayer, and you know what you're doing? You're walking in His direction. Hey, maybe the only time you can pray is in the car on the way to work, or maybe you have two minutes while you take a shower. I'm not talking about spending two hours. I'm just talking about when you have a moment, when you have a little bit of time, you pray, you read the Word of God, you be in church, and when you do that, You're walking in God's direction. Because listen, the more of God you consume, the more of God you'll want, and it will absolutely transform your life. Now, you may say, Pastor, man, I I mean, I'm I'm glad I'm in church this morning. I love church, but man, I'm really busy, you know? I mean, I got a lot of stuff to do, and it's hard to get here. Did you know that there's 168 hours in a week? And if you come to church once a week, Our services are typically 60 minutes, so you include driving time. Do you know if you're in church every single week that approximately that's 1% of your week? I let that sink in. There's 168 hours in the week. You give God about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes a week, and that ultimately is 1% a week. So if you're not here because you're busy, what you're telling God is, God, I don't have 1% worth of margin in my life. And I'm not talking about not missing. Everybody misses church. That's not what I mean. But what I'm saying is this, are you walking in God's direction? Hey, God, I don't have any margin. I do not have 1% margin in my life. Imagine if you had $100,000 in the bank. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, it'd be good, and it's in a CD, and it's drawing 1% interest. But when you get the statement, you are mad, you cry, you throw the paper, you kick the wall because you don't make nothing on 1%. And if you're wise, you get mad and you think, man, I'm getting that money out of that stupid account and I'm going to go somewhere and I want to get 3% or 4% or 5%. Maybe I could even get 10%, but I got to have a return on this money and 1% percent's not going to cut it. If you come to church and you give God 1%, the return on your life will be greater than anything you've ever seen. God, I'm going to give you 1% of my time in your house. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to pray as I go into 2023. And God, I'm going to walk in your direction. Now, we've joked about this, right? You know, you say yes to Jesus, but then we kind of still want to flirt with sin and we want to flirt with darkness. And, you know, we want one foot in church and we want one foot in the world. And all I'm asking you to do is turn away. Okay, that's what repentance means. See, repentance means, hey, I'm walking in darkness, I'm walking in the world, but I'm going to pivot, I'm going to turn, and I'm going to go the other direction. That's what repentance means. It means to make a 180. It means, hey, I'm, I'm going to give up darkness, I'm, I'm not going to walk in their direction anymore. I'm not going to walk in the direction of the people who want my life to be destroyed, and I'm going to turn, and God, I'm going to walk in your direction. That's repentance. And every time I read my Bible, every time I pray, every time I go to church, listen, you are walking in God's direction. And he said, with me, all things are possible. Now listen, just take some baby steps. That's all I'm asking. You know what the Bible says in James? If you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Listen, if you take one step in God's direction, daddy God takes two towards you. When you turn and say, God, I'm going to walk in your direction, he runs in your direction. You know the story of the uh, prodigal son. And when he was coming down the road and he'd spent all of his dad's money and he'd wasted everything and ruined his life. And his daddy saw him coming down the road. And dad ran down the road to him and embraced him and grabbed him and hugged him and cried. That's your father. When you turn and you say, Lord, I'm going to walk in your direction he says, I, I can't, I'm ready, man, and he's coming your way. Listen, in 2023, God says with me, all things are possible. Financially, emotionally, health, relationships, your marriage, your kids, your job, whatever it is that you need, God says, nothing is out of the realm of possibility. And I believe it'll be a year of miracles. Now, in just a moment, we've got cards. Many of you see them already. We're going to do our cards today for the new year. And the verse that I just talked about is printed on that card. And in just a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to take the side that says 2022 and write down some things you're thankful for in this past year then you're going to be able to turn it over and write down what are some impossible things you want God to do in your life this next year. What do you want God to do? And you have a chance to write those things down. Now, listen to me very carefully before we start. Okay, don't lose this card. I put mine on the visor of my pickup. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it on your mirror. Put it somewhere where you can get it out. and Remind yourself of what God said he wanted to do. The same with the verse. With God, all things are possible. Listen, don't lose this verse. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? Uh, Put it on your phone. Write it down and put it on the mirror of your bathroom where you can see it and remind yourself of what God is saying to us. And then throughout the year, we're gonna talk about it. Look for it in your life. Listen, look for it on Facebook. Look for it on your phone. Look for it on billboards. You're gonna see this verse. And when you do, it's God speaking to you. With me, all things are possible.